Here we are. Here we are. Uh, how are you today, Killian? I'm Mark, I'm Mark from NK Ultra Film. How's it going? I'm Killian from NK Ultra Film. And hey, how's it going? Um, I've got a bit of a gravelly voice. Obviously, we're, we've taken to recording these in the morning. Um, mm. So your voice is obviously lower then. But also, I was rocking out last night. And we were... Oh, yeah. The sleeves are kind of getting a bit more metal at the moment as a band. Nice. And mm. so I was doing some serious shouting. And, uh, doing a bit of... Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it's nice when you're singing those kind of uh, songs because you really don't have to focus on the lyrics. It's just mm. like, you don't really need to say anything. You just need to kind of shout a bit, which is a nice liberation. But my voice is very gravelly and uh, I might have COVID, who knows? But um, oh. no, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I do wonder, like when you see bands like that, that shout all the time, like I know there's different techniques and stuff to doing it in a, in a proper way to protect your voice. But still, like sometimes, I guess like any singer, like I do one night karaoke, do like three songs and the next day my voice is in bits. Like yeah. you do whole show. I don't know how, imagine like Billy Joel when he did his famous 75 nights in Madison Square Garden I know. in a row. Yeah. How did he do it? God knows. I mean, it's insane. I do one show and I'm fucked after it. Actually, like we, we were practicing quite a lot because this is our first show, the recent one we did supporting the Scratch it was our first show in like, you know, since the start of COVID. And uh, mm. I was, we were practicing a lot because we, we hadn't been stage ready in a while. And I just like in the lead up to it, lost my voice just practicing. And, oh, uh, and so like when we we're on stage, I really didn't have the full, full voice. And I, this never happened to me on stage, but it did happen at that gig. Just one moment where I went, yeah, like I did that <laughs> squeal bit, which was so embarrassing. I was like, I was like, and the bouncer says, sorry. And it was just really like just one moment. And I got off stage. I went up, uh, I went up to my friend and I was like, man, did you notice? And he went, yeah, it was horrible. Oh, no. But anyway, I mean, who cares? It happens. Like yeah, it happens yeah, yeah. to the best of them. Yeah. Um, I was, we were talking briefly before the podcast about just getting a bit older and, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just drink pints all the time no. and, um, mm -hmm. you know, do a bit of running and then you're grand like the belly yeah. does. We we're saying it fluctuates up and down, but definitely, what was it we said? Stabilizes at yeah. a, a high. I feel, yeah, yeah. I weight. feel like um, I feel like I'm looking at my friends at the moment, and they're oh, Anna's just saying bye, bye, Anna. See you, bye, Anna. bye. Bye, Anna's just saying bye to me. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm looking at my friends who are like a couple years older than me, not even that many years, and I could see how the belly has just, you know, it used to be seasonal, like you get your Christmas belly and maybe your summer mm. belly, but then it would kind of go back down. But now it's reached a state where it kind of just stabilizes and sticks on your uh, sticks on you and it's just there and uh mm. i think i need to do something to avoid that i i might would, would change. any friends in particular that you think are particularly you, bad? you want me to name and shame um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i have a small list here uh, i could just read yeah. from it uh <laughs> This is alphabetical. Um. <laughs> well, on, on, on that note, I was thinking as well, I remember one of my friends who's a bit older than me. He's like 33 or 4. I feel like these are the crucial years as well. Like yeah. It's when it really starts to... Mm -hmm. He's told me that he feels like he gets salt hangovers now, where he won't drink any beer, but he'll feel hungover if he's eaten a really salty meal the night before. And I oh, really had that man. today. I had like quite a salty lunch and work, and then I had quite a salty... Uh, salty dinner and i woke up today and i was like oh jesus headache and i feel like shit i don't understand like when we i used to always think this like when do you reach your apex like when are you actually fully like as your kid you're growing as a teenager you're growing and then like mm. 
I always thought like maybe when you're 21, that's when you're fully grown. But then like I noticed like almost immediately afterwards, like things started going wrong. And I had, I don't know how long you actually get as a fully grown, like your hair starts, mm. you know, going back off your head, like in your mid twenties, you know, you, you mm. your bones start aching, you know, you, you're just like, when was, how long do I get as just like the fully formed me? No, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm toast already. Like, it's, it's funny. I keep th- like, I was thinking like, oh, soon I'll be like a fully grown man. <laughs> now I've already actually surpassed that. Yeah. I'm on the descent. But if you think yeah. about it, you know, we're like cavemen only lived until like what they're like 35. So we're yeah by cavemen standards, like we're very advanced in our age. Mm. And then everything else is just like an unnatural propping up that we get by modern technology. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're only really supposed to live until you're about 35 and then you've got your peak and then any age beyond that's just <laughs> the autumn <fake>. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fake. You're not okay. supposed to have those years. Okay, so we we would be we're elders. We're very old. Yeah, yeah, very very old. Yeah. And I think that's why people listen to this podcast for the sort of distinguished um distinguished old seen it all view that we have. Mm. Mm. We're mature. We're very I mature. Do, I, I think I also think like the the body and mind um, reach their their peak at different times. Mm-hmm, like definitely. maybe when you're like 21 or 22, you're at peak physical health, but you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then you get a bit older and then the physical health is bad, but the you become very intelligent. And that's yeah. where we're at now. <laughs> <laughs> we're withering away physically, but mentally we're as sharp as ever. And that's what we're going to give you today. We're going to give you some very sharp, incisive film reviews. And boy, we've got a very good show today. Uh, we'll be revisiting Dune. We're going to uh, talk about CryptoZoo, a very interesting animation. Uh, we saw the French Dispatches, Wes Anderson's film. And we're going to talk about Pig and Nicolas Cage film. And oh my God, we've got a surprise film at the end. Surprise mm, an film. An Überraschung. An Überraschung for alle die Leute, uh, die hören heute. Okay, so uh, that was a good intro, by the way. I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah, I, think, I like that. You did it flawlessly. Yeah, I think that's the coffee, doing it in the morning. Mm, mm. What kind of coffee are you drinking? Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. It's brown, brown kind. Brown coffee, uh, but I put Aye. oat milk in it. Um, not mm. oatly because they burn the Amazon, so it's um, it's a different one. Well, I have a different opinion on the oatly situation, but that's for a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, All right. So the first film we're going to talk about is. Uh, the film on the edge of everyone's lips. Obviously, Mark uh, uh, reviewed it a, a few episodes ago. I think it was two episodes ago. We talked about it because it was out in Germany and Sweden, weirdly, but it wasn't out anywhere else in the world. And now, uh, now it's out everywhere else in the world, and everyone's talking about it. It's Dune, and we're Dune, Dune. It today. Uh, so here we go. This is what I thought of Dune. <laughs> You might notice that as the Dune soundtrack because we just went to see Dune. Uh, it finally came out in uh, the rest of the world. I don't know why Germany and Sweden were hogging on to it for so long, but finally um, Dune is out and we watched it. Uh, I think you've already explained the plot of it, but yeah, um, safe to say all two hours, 45 minutes of it, we really liked. We thought it was really good. Uh, me and Anna went to see it in Westport Cinema, the W Cinema in Westport, which is really uh, cool cinema. Um we uh we did think we thought yeah the acting was good the the i mean i guess like some of the kind of like the uh, jedi kind of people were good i forgot all the names of it the names are really complicated but that was kind of cool um the sequences were good 
uh, it was two hours, 45 minutes, but Anna at the end of it was like, oh, that felt like it was only halfway through. Um, so it didn't actually feel that long, even though it was, uh, you know, quite a long film, which is a good sign. The only criticism, which I think is quite a big criticism, is just it was too scared to uh, settle in dialogue. It was just really, it just felt like I had to have these kind of like really intense music sequences with an airplane lifting off or of, uh, you know, the, the big worms rumbling through the sand dunes and then like really intense music. And it just felt like it was too scared to just sit in the silence of dialogue and have two people interact. And the problem with that is that you don't have much interaction of humans. Like there's not that much human interaction. So it kind of, that was something I hope in the next films that they kind of let it be a bit more silent and less like, and then there's like an airplane taken off or whatever. I think it could have less of that and more people chatting because when, when people actually did chat, the actors are really good and it was actually good when they did that. But yeah, Dune, good movie. What did you think, Anna? Um, 7 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, we give it a 7.5. It's a 7. Point, I think, the yeah, costumes are amazing. Yeah, the costumes? We're amazing. Yeah, the costumes are amazing. So there's a, we're giving it a 7.5. 7.5, 7. yeah. That's not, that's not that good. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty good, no? I mean, it's fine. Then I'll give it 8 because I, I want it to reflect that I liked it. Um, it's 7.5. That's like a B. Yeah, that's a B one. No, I would, we would give it a B one. We give okay, it a B one. Okay, B one for cinema experience. But we were saying, like, I would. I don't think I'd watch that again. Like, no, I don't think I'd watch that movie again at home. No way. Like, I mean, I, I, to be honest, there's few films longer than two and a half hours that I would watch more than once ever. I just can't do that. It's like mm. a book that with more than five hundred pages. I'm never going to read that twice. Yeah, but to be fair, this one, out of, uh, the length, I didn't feel too much. I don't know why I didn't feel it was that long. But mm. I just feel like, uh, I don't know, I keep comparing it to Star Wars. I think that's probably a natural thing to do. Uh, As did I. And, and I just think, like, Star Wars just had so much scenes where it was just, like, a load of people kind of chatting and lots of jokes happening, and you kind of got to know the character. Like, you think about the scenes in, uh, in the Falcon or whatever, it's, like, all the guys hanging out, doing funny things, interacting. Whereas Dune was just kind of, like, big sequence and then like a bit of conversation and then big sequence and then a bit of conversation it just yeah. kind of didn't something like that was missing yeah the star wars is a different film <laughs> like you can't be like there was no scenes with the falcon and yeah. all the guys <laughs> <laughs> oh. millennium falcon wasn't in it at all I'll be, i'm being an idiot i'm like i'm being a bit of an no, idiot <laughs> no i understand what you mean i think it's a funny criticism to be like it was good there wasn't any jokes and there wasn't enough talking <laughs> yeah i'll be i'll be no, an idiot it's funny when you said that i thought like the way you said they were they were too nervous to settle in dialogue and i was like i like that i like that and then i said that to a bunch of people not really thinking it myself yeah. but i like people talk about doing and i'm just i just sometimes like saying contrarian things and i was like yeah, yeah i felt like maybe they were a bit nervous to settle in dialogue and i did i don't actually think that really at all <laughs> i just kind of thought it sounded like a smart you, thing to say uh, really <laughs> That sounds yeah, yeah. like a proper criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good sentence. But okay, it's but, it's it's funny. It's one of those things where I can I can see what you mean. Like mm. if I'm trying to remember the film and think of any film of like people or any scene of people talking for more than like thirty seconds. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, but at the same time, that wasn't really an issue for me. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's it. 
like the film was stunning to look at. It was honestly, it was just so, uh, it was so amazing to look at. I think it carried it. And like all the, like the fighting, I think was class. Like I really enjoyed the fighting in it. I thought mm. everything was done really well. The plot and everything was, was brilliant. And, you know, yeah, we give it eight out of 10. There was just like one minor thing. I guess you're probably judging it very highly, but um, I don't know. I could see Dennis Villeneuve's style, which is this. Like, I mean, people had the same uh, criticisms of Blade Runner. I could see that. It, like not working so easily like it could see it really mm. easily not working mm. in the next one or whatever yeah i don't know like yeah it is it is interesting to think like wh- what will the next one be because it it can't just be more i don't know is it just mm. gonna be loads of more action stuff like yeah again more planet stuff because it's kind of like a lot of it was a lot of the interesting or a lot of the reason why it's so visually kind of captivating was you're being introduced to this new world and these yeah. new things so if in the second movie it's just more of that stuff again for like mm. two and a half hours it might be a bit i don't know but that i mean like that last line that your one gives it's not really a spoiler but she's like this is just the beginning really makes mm. you go oh, okay so it's going to be even more fantastic but if it is just more sand dunes and, and worms i will be a bit like oh okay um mm. but yeah i mean what i found really bizarre was that i saw a, a an article written like i don't know two weeks ago or something like that that just said mm. uh dune 2 has been greenlit and everyone going yay there's gonna be a second one it's been greenlit and i was just like are, are they not already shooting that like yeah like look at like, the end of this movie like surely that the second film should i like is it not already done how long do i like, have to wait for this next film is it gonna be like three years it literally said dune part one at the beginning didn't it yeah why is it so, like, uh, do you think they were just like taking a gamble being like hopefully they'll let us make another one yeah probably <laughs> and like it's just i mean the way it ended is obviously not very well it's not it's not very satisfying i mean it's kind of like mm. you just feel like oh fuck like, I really want to see the next film, but we're probably going to have to wait like two years before that comes out. It's like out. the end of The Fellowship of the Ring. No, it's not. Because Fellowship, uh, let's just not, let's not go there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was successfully making a Lord of the Rings reference. Well, no, it kind of is, isn't it? At the end of the first Lord of the Rings, Sam and fucking Frodo are like at the top of a mountain. And they're like, yeah, but let's begin our big adventure now. Yeah, Frodo. but there's, there's, but it's also, it works as a film in its own right. Um, I mean, it definitely leads into the next film. But it works as a film in its own right. <laughs> I mean, so does Dune, no? I don't think so, no. I, I think it works as part of a trilogy. I don't think it... Like it in Star Wars. <laughs> mm. I think it... I don't think it ends as... Uh, I feel like it feels like there's the less of the story has to be told. And someone told me there's 21 books. Well, I thought that too. I don't think there's 21 that maybe I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure like there's one Dune book that was like the book, okay, and then there was extra ones. I don't think it was like written as a as a Lord of the Rings type thing okay. where there was always meant to be multiple in mind. I could be wrong there, but okay. I'm pretty sure with Star Wars too, like Star Wars: A New Hope. Mm. I don't think that was. I think when that was first made, it wasn't supposed to be this big saga thing. I think it was just its own thing. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is mm. true. Um, and they were like, holy shit, people love this. Yeah, people love this crap. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but, uh, have you uh, changed your opinion at all about Dune or? Nah, it's it's one of those ones, I think it often happens to be a films like that, where like, I just kind of care a bit less about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I thought it was really good. I don't think it was any worse or better. I'm just like, eh, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my my um, thing is definitely that 
Uh, and like it's the last time I'm going to compare it to Star Wars, but Star Wars is one of the most rewatched films in the world. People watch it all the time. Uh, very happy, happy to rewatch it. I, I definitely don't think Dune has has that same thing because I think it's that human element is lacking in it. It's it's not as human as uh, mm. as Star Wars. <laughs> And there's no Millennium Falcon. Less to, <laughs> less to investigate as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Star Wars, every, every Star Wars movie has like 500 characters in it. Yeah, and like exactly, Some of yeah. them are just in it for a minute, but like I feel like every background character has a whole mm. feckin' story and yeah. planet that they're from. So you can just keep digging, digging, digging further yeah. into it. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. That's, on on that's, the topic of, of mm-hmm. visually stunning. Actually, before I do this, Mm-hmm. what did you think like how do you think it'll hold up in like 10 years because i thought some of the special effects were i was like some of them i was like looks good now but just makes the cut I yeah feel like mm, yeah i think could look kind of buggy. <clears throat> yeah i don't think it's gonna have much rewatchability factor mm-hmm. anyway uh just in terms of the whole film but yeah i mean it, it it's a bit of a i mean you can you can almost see the 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 binary code in it sometimes it's kind of just like <laughs> it's kind of, yeah yeah it's it's like really uh a wash with cgi, CGI. yeah and yeah, i and yeah. like any film like that looks like even the surprise film at the end which we will talk about which has a lot of features of cgi i felt was on the way out interesting mm. um but yeah on the note of a film that's quite well at least in 2021 visually stunning mm. to another one i watched uh, an animated film called Crypto Zoo. I'm not going to describe it at all because I probably will in the review, but mm-hmm. I watched this last week and this is what I thought it was. So I just watched this, whoops, I just watched this film called Crypto Zoo, directed and written by a guy called Dash Shaw, who's a comic book artist. I read something before him, by him before, and I really liked it. And then I saw this is coming out and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And the film is about this like big sanctuary for these rare cryptids, like these kind of, what's the word, um, mythical creatures that live in the world. They're all really rare. And this woman has dedicated her life to like protecting them and keeping them in a sanctuary. Um, and it's all animated. The animation looked really interesting and really different. And that's kind of why I watched it. I didn't really, like I thought it would be kind of fun to watch. But I mainly just watched it because I liked this comic book artist and um, I thought it would look really nice. But the film is actually so brilliant. Like the the art, I've never really seen like animation used that way in a film. It was really like a comic where like people be talking about something and then, you know, just nearly like, like a, a frame in a comic book. It would zoom in on that one thing and kind of show it or there'd be like outside a building and then the building would go transparent and you can see what's inside it and stuff like, I don't know, just like the animation was used in a really cool way. It just looked absolutely amazing. Then on top of that, the story was so good. Like basically this woman's protecting these mythical creatures and because the U S military obviously want to take them and use them for um, like defense and try and like see if they can harness their powers and use them for the army. Um, so she's then protecting them, but then it raises all these questions because, like, she's the U.S. military wants to take them, but then she wants to 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 take them and put them in her sanctuary, but then she charges people into her sanctuary to come and look at them. So there's this whole question of like, oh, she's kind of just putting them in a zoo, and then the U.S. military doing this. So it's like it raises all these different kind of questions, and then some of the cryptids themselves can like talk and and stuff, and then they have their own say in the whole scenario. So it rate like. 
it's such a weird movie because at times it just completely looks like a kid's film but then there's parts of it that are like very explicit and very not for kids and then other times it's kind of fun and cute but then at the same time it raises these kind of really interesting and quite current questions um about i guess activism and and stuff like that and yeah just the whole film was quite uh quite it was very very good really i think you'd absolutely love it um also like the whole having the whole crypto zoo and then that whole idea was quite similar to jurassic park which obviously i was quite happy about um and yeah just i'd say this is you should really really watch this it's only an hour and a half long as well and it just flew by i loved it i kind of wished it was longer like i really really liked just looking at it and the story and the more interesting questions it raised and stuff absolutely brilliant that yeah. sounds amazing yes yeah very very good very just watch it. it it was so nice and there's so many funny characters and it's just so like it's really weird like the mm-hmm. the like some of the mythical creatures in it are like you know like a medusa or like a mm-hmm. you know kind of norm like a centaur and stuff but then one is just like a kid with no head and he just has a big face on his torso and <laughs> And like it's just so funny like yeah it had me laughing it had me feeling sad at times mm-hmm. was, it was just it was just brilliant it was a real success um from the guy who made it i yeah i mean i i really wanted to watch this um funny thing was when you you messaged that in uh to the group uh we have an mk Ultra film whatsapp group uh just me mark uh but um when you messed that in i thought it was called cryptozal I thought it was a Japanese film. Cryptozo. Uh, yeah. But then, um, yeah, but then I, I looked it up and I was going to, we were going to watch it, but the animation, I, like, I don't think you kind of, uh, it's quite interesting. Like, it's like, a, it's not like a clean animation. It's nothing no. like, uh, like what you'd expect from kind of Pixar or from, you know, even Disney or, or uh, from Studio Ghibli. Like, it's kind of quite uh jangly and messy almost like a kid's drawing or something but like intentionally mm. and artistically so and we we were going to watch it uh but then we saw that animation and we kind of in judging a book by its cover or judging a film by its trailer well we we didn't watch the trailer but uh just like by looking at that we were kind of like oh is this going to be quite um uh, i don't know maybe like psychedelic it kind of yeah we thought it was going to be quite psychedelic because it has that that animation looks kind of like really vivid colors and it looks interesting, mm. but also looks like something like quite artistic and psychedelic. But the plot you explained to me is like really clear and sounds really good. And I, I really now, can't wait to I, watch it. I thought the same when I, when I saw the trailer first, I was like, this look like, this is what, when I said, um, you know, I thought it would look cool, but I didn't think I, you know, I'd like it as a film that much. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, this kind of janky, weird kind of like, at the start, like it's kind of shitty animation, but it's like <laughs> people move. It's nearly like, um, I don't know, like early South Park or something, the way people move yeah. around. But um, I was like, this is going to be kind of tough. And even when I was putting, on, putting it on, I was like, oh, this this film could be a bit of a trek to watch. Yeah. And the first maybe five or 10 minutes is like when they find the crypto zoo. Mm. <clears throat> These two hippies are like walking through the forest and it's all really trippy and... Mm. Um, loads of colors flipping around and planets and stuff yeah and i was like oh god here we go like Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like this for the whole film but then once their little scene once they get into the zoo it's very straightforward okay yeah Yeah. i like that i really like that um because yeah again like i mean yeah i think people 
if you're listening to this and thinking about watching it, I wonder if people ever do that. Do they ever listen to us talk about film and actually go watch do. it? Do they? That's good I to mean, hear. I, I know at least two people who've done it. <laughs> well, like, I guess I, I obviously haven't seen this one, but I think if you were to go watch this one, uh, you might look at the animation like we did and go, oh, I'm not sure. But it sounds like it's, it's something that you should persevere and watch. Because definitely. It sounds really definitely good. worth to watch. And it's interesting. <clears throat> like, I feel like animation in, is used in a pretty straightforward way a lot of the time. When, yeah. It made me think that, like, you can kind of just draw whatever you want, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, you can. Like, you don't have to, even like Studio Ghibli, they draw crazy things, but in a, mm. in a kind of a normal enough world. Yeah, stylistically. Like, you can just, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. if you want, like, I don't know, it just, there's potential for crazy perspectives on stuff. And like, even the way this would like, it would cut through scenes. Let's say there's a scene where there's people in a room and then suddenly a helicopter would fly through the room yeah. and then everything else in the scene would disappear. And then you're like, oh, now we're in a helicopter. Yeah. You know, like transitions between scenes were done in a really cool way. Mm. I was like, oh, you know, why yeah, don't you see one, more I'm wondering this? about, uh, like, I guess you think of the world of like art as in painting and how like abstract and um, mad that is, you know, you have like mm. squiggly lines and really obscure stuff from like Picasso or whatever. Like that's not really... You don't really see that in in animation for a film and TV. I don't know. Do you? Mm. Does that exist? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe like artsy animation stuff that people like stuff you'd see on movie or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just mainstream. Uh, it's just not people. I guess, you know, it's funny. Like, I'm like, maybe people are put off by it. I was literally put off by it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, I saw the trailer for it. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, so like, two people who are quite, like, really into movies, like, both looking at that went, nah, not today. <laughs> yeah, they're doing lots of weird stuff. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. I don't want It looks trippy. No thanks. Anyway, um, I, I'm excited to watch this film. Um, yeah. And I'm upset that I didn't for the pod, but whatever. Other than other than saying it's really, really good and you should check it out, I, I don't really have that much more to say about it. I just loved it and it's nice. Would you say it's a metaphor for veganism or is it just ta- raising those questions or? No. As, as a vegan, a how, how did you feel watching the film? Oh, great. Mm. <laughs> it's not like, I think like the, the way it is though, it's not like the, the cryptids are animals. It's more like they're kind of um, an oppressed people. Okay. Uh, some can talk, some can't. But yeah, the, the kind of questions it raises is like there's kind of like I guess this white savior issue. Where okay. Like, oh, we're saving all the cryptids and we're putting them in the zoo, and then some of the cryptids are like we don't want to be in your zoo. But then mm. their only other option is to kind of get captured by the military, and they're like we don't want to be captured by the military either. Mm. So then it's kind of like the person who owns the zoo has good intentions, but perhaps they're poorly. Misguided. Well, you know, it doesn't say either way, but it kind of just presents all these situations. You're like, ooh, who is r- right here, you know? I like that. Open. I like the, I can't wait to watch this film. I really can't. Mm. Um, a film that I also couldn't wait to watch uh, was The French Dispatches, the new film from Wes Anderson, which mm. um, I, I, which I, Mark is not, not a Wes Anderson fan. Spoiler alert. Uh mm. And uh, I was like, maybe we could boat watch the French Dispatch this week. And he was like, I think you said, um, I might download it because I don't want to give that man my money. (laughs) 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 Which just shows the level of how much he doesn't like Wes Anderson. But anyway, I went to see the French Dispatch this week. uh, The hot new film from Wes Anderson. And this is what I thought. So we just got out of uh, the French Dispatches, Wes Anderson's new film. Watched it in the RFI. First time I've been back in the RFI. 
since you know what. Um, it's, it tells the story of uh, a newspaper uh, which runs in the fictional town of Ennui in France. Um, and it's got all these writers, but the main person, the main character is the newspaper editor. Um, and basically, throughout the course of the film, we're taken through about five stories um, that are in the newspaper. And basically, uh, yeah, they just run through them and each different writer has a different character. And each, it's basically like five short films within one long film. And um, yeah, it's not, it's not a good film. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it is a bit of a stinker uh, on our part. It was the closest I've personally gotten to walking out of a film in a long time. Uh, it was just so boring and it kept going and then like uh, it would, you know, a new story would start and you'd be like, oh fuck, I can't do this again. Uh, and then funnily enough, towards the very end of it, I'd been feeling this in my, in my own head and uh, it looked like it was going to start another story towards the end and Anna went, oh no, come on, I'm walking out. She like whispered that to me. So, I mean, uh, I, I sense that she also didn't like it and I sense probably most people won't like this film. Basically, the problems with it are it has no central story. Uh, it looks stunning. Uh, there are some kind of funny bits in it, but overall, it completely sacrifices story. Uh, it's too big. Uh, it just has like a lot of complicated dialogue. It makes you feel stupid for large portions of it. You're kind of like, I don't understand what's going on. Am I an idiot? And then you slowly come to the realization that you're not an idiot. The film's just kind of crap, uh, which is, I suppose, nice. The weird thing about it is, uh, I hated it quite a lot, but I still managed to make me laugh at some points and it is still very beautiful, but it's an exercise in how long you can watch something that looks stunning, but is giving you absolutely nothing. <laughs> so yeah, All, like you can't just have a cast of really great actors and uh, a really, it just felt like a bit wankery. I, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but it just felt like he was trying very hard to, oh, I'm Wes Anderson, I can do these like, you know, really interesting films with the blah, blah, with the quirkiness and the, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for Anna. Uh, Anna, do you have any words you want to say about it? No, she's she's so pissed off. She can't even bring herself to, to... I mean, we could have had a nice evening, Mark. We could have had a nice evening, but no, we spent it watching a stinker of a movie from old Wes. Oh, fucking Wes. Ruined your evening. <laughs> yeah, he did. He Bastard. really did. Yeah. I liked how he made you like he he bolstered your confidence in your own intelligence though by making yeah. you think you're an idiot and then Yeah, that was away. nice. I think Anna Anna mentioned like I felt like oh I didn't understand what was going on. And I was like, "No, you did understand what was going on. The movie was bad. You understood that. You were right." There is it's funny. There is that turning point of feel in films where if your confusion there's like you can only sustain intrigue and a lack of understanding in a film for so long and then eventually it crashes where you're like oh i don't know what's going on i don't know what's going on and it keeps going for a while and then yeah. eventually you're like oh this film's actually just shit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i hate it we we I, I personally it was almost from the start i didn't like this the it looks again i said it a few times amazing if you're into that wes anderson really precise really interesting art direction very interesting colors uh, you know, sort of a mixture of animation and like it's obviously that the word quirky is used a lot. Uh, if you're into that, like it does look nice and you can just look at that. 
but almost from the start, it was just intense dialogue in that kind of deadpan Wes Anderson style where it's just like, you know, uh, John Ryan was the newspaper editor for the French Dispatcher set in the small town of Ennui. Every day at five o'clock, he would have his tea and crumpets sent up to him from the mailman. And it's just like that really fast dialogue. And I'm just like, I'm trying to, I'm like one line behind it all the time. And I'm like, was that important? Did I need to know what that was? Yeah. And you just like, when that happens all the time, it just, I don't know. It was just getting, it got on my tits quite quickly. And uh, it's yeah. yeah, it nearly sounds like feckin' like just not, not, in his filmography, it just wasn't necessary. It sounds like it didn't add anything. It was just like more of the same stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I, obviously I'm a fan of his work. Like, I really like him. But I feel like mm. he, this is a stage in his career maybe where he um, is, you know, sort of this auteur, Wes Anderson. He knows that people are going to go see his films because he is who he is. And uh, and like the, the studios are probably going to back him up because of that. So he can kind of mm. make whatever film he wants. And I guess like, what he did here, in my opinion, is he really went as far as he uh, wanted to in that direction of like, you know, making the film, you know, his style, his stuff. And he really did not care or think about plot or narrative or how to make a film enjoyable for an audience, which is definitely something you should consider. Um, mm. And like, I mean, in that way, you know, it's maybe it's interesting that he tried, but like, I would kind of disrespect that. I would think that's quite selfish and you know, not really interesting. And, uh, and just, it was just boring. Like, you know, I can't, I can't, yeah, it was very, very boring. Do you think there's people, <clears throat> I'm sure there's people who are very, very into Wes Anderson though, and really know his work well. Do you think they would see this and go, that was his ultimate Wes Anderson No, piece? because I think it's, a, it's for, for me, it's a misunderstanding of why his films are good. His films are good because they have, really like nice emotional moments in his films mm. that are set in this interesting uh, world of, you know, really symmetrical things and nice colors and people who mm. have lovely routines. But, uh, but like there's, uh, there's uh, like these beautiful slow-mos where there's like brothers or family relationships, like often like really interesting love relationships, like those kind of things. Uh, whereas in this film, it didn't have any of that. And it was just these short films uh, within this film and like the main character was this editor who, you know, like he dies. It starts with him dying. And like uh, they have like, you know, they have like a, his funeral or whatever. And you know, we're look, like you barely see this guy the whole movie. You see him like four scenes and we're supposed to feel really upset. at, uh, You know, he dies at the start and they have his thing at the end. So it's not really a spoiler. But you're kind of like, I don't care about this guy. They're all making these speeches about this dude. And I'm like, I don't. Who is, like, who is he? It's Bill mm. Murray's character. I'm like, I don't care. Like, who is this guy? We barely mm. saw him. Do, do, do you ever get with... A thing about Wes Anderson movies, I think I liked Grand Budapest Hotel. I mm -hmm. didn't like Steve Zizou. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't actually know if I've seen any other ones. Have you not seen have... Royal Tannenbaums? That's really good. No. But do you, I always got with this that... Um, all the actors in it seem really like full of themselves and the way they're all acting, it made me be like, you guys all think you're fucking delish. And <laughs> it made me think like watching it, I was like, I'd say all the actors in this film were the type of lads who, when I was in first year of college, they'd make me feel really insecure. <laughs> you know I mean? They're probably like these yeah. really pretentious lads in college yeah. who would be like, Ugh, you know, for, I mean? 
For people to have a bit more insight, like Mark went to Trinity, so you know exactly the type of people he's talking about, okay? Just <laughs> yeah, so you know. just wankers. Like, I, feel, like, I honestly, like, this is a bit of a hot take, but I think Bill mm. Murray is a bit of a wanker. Like, I don't... No. I think, he, I think no. he's overrated, and I think he thinks he's uh, delish. No, I think he's down to earth and, and very funny, and I really like him. <laughs> I think he was. I think that the turning point for him was a very Murray Christmas, where I was like, ah, man, you've gone too far this time. You can't just make yourself the, the joke. He's allowed to but make yeah, a bad no, maybe, movie. Maybe... <laughs> huh? He's allowed to make a bad movie. That's okay. Garfield. No, but, um, yeah, no, maybe, Bill, maybe I'm just saying things I don't believe here, but I just think that all, I say all those lads are sickos. I don't like uh, I th- I think... There's definitely a bit of a cult surrounding Wes Anderson at the moment that I think could maybe turn you off. But at the end of the day, uh, I've liked nearly all his films. I thought uh, I really like Grand Budapest. Um, Royal Tannenbaum is brilliant. Fantastic Mr. Fox is great. Uh, you know, I, I think he makes really good movies. Just this one was, well, it's just too much. Maybe something just went wrong with it. And that's, and that's all there is to it. Hopefully he goes back to making good movies soon. Did I, did I see Grand Budapest Hotel with you in Paris? I think we might have, yeah. I and think then we might have power cut in the middle of the movie. No, no, that wasn't oh, me. Yeah. No, well, no. Um, <laughs> did I tell you I was in? This actually would have been. You know the way we're always like, oh, we need to post more on the Instagram, mm-hmm. and we just don't. This would have been a good <laughs> thing to do. Um, when I was in Milan recently, I went to a Wes Anderson, a, a bar designed by Wes Anderson in the Prada Foundation. Oh wow! It was deadly. It was like I know I say I don't like him that much, but his style is objectively like nice and cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was just like being in a Wes Anderson film, like the chairs and I'll I'll put a oh, photo wow. on the Instagram. Yeah. And like even the products, like they had all these like old Campari bottles and old, yeah. like all the liquors and stuff for like Wes Anderson. It was mm. cool. That's Worth, great. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Irish art direction, Annie Atkins. Uh, she's, oh. she's the one who does most of the graphics works and stuff with him. Uh, well, what, she's what amazing. What do then? I mean, what you know exactly, right? That's the question we should be Fucking asking. Yeah, get Annie up there and the Annie, director's Annie seat, should like. be up there. Oh, she's well, very well regarded. Probably the best at what she does in the world. Um, mm, well, but yeah, Anna got her book. It's a really nice book of all the stuff that she's done. But um, yeah, shout out to Annie Atkins if she's listening to the pod. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> also, any relation to Atkins diet? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, she famously only eats meat. So, yeah. Mm, that's probably why she's so creative. <laughs> that is. Because uh, you have to be very creative if you only ate one thing and to kind of like spice it up. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> on the topic of only eating meat, I watched a film about an animal from which people often get meat called Tig. Very good, good link. And this is what I thought of it. So... I just watched Pig, a Nicolas Cage film that came out this year, I think. Um, film is about Nicolas Cage. He lives in the middle of nowhere um, in Oregon, I think. And it's just him and his pig living in a little little kind of crappy little shack in the middle of the forest, kind of um, like uh, Unabomber style, but without the terrorism and, and all that. Um, the... Uh, and yeah, you find it at the start, like him and his old pig around looking for truffles. And they they have this arrangement where this really kind of glamorous dude in a, in a fancy sports car comes once a week and gives Nicolas Cage supplies and batteries and stuff like that for his shack. And in exchange, he gives him a big box of truffles. So 
you can see like he doesn't want much. He doesn't want anything. He could be getting a lot more money for his truffles and blah blah blah. He's he's jaded with modern society, let's say. Um, and then one night, some people break in. You don't see who it is, and they steal his pig. And then he's like, "Shit, I gotta get my pig back." So then the rest of the film is him, like he's very emotionally attached to the pig. Like it's his one kind of, um, you know, friend in 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 life. Uh, are the only kind of other mammal that he interacts with. Um, and yeah, the rest of the movie is just him kind of going around trying to find his pig. He he gets the guy who he sells the truffles to, to kind of drive him around the place and find it because obviously he ha- he's a very good source of truffles for this guy so the guy's kind of like oh I should probably help him out if I want to continue my supply um, and then they kind of form a nice relationship the film was actually pretty good uh, I liked it I thought because I saw someone describe it as like oh John Wick loses his dog Nicolas Cage loses his pig and I was like oh fuck like is it going to be like Nicolas Cage like shooting up restaurants looking for a truffle pig or something but there was actually like no violence in it at all it's kind of just him like finding almost as a as a truffle pig would sniff out the truffles he's sniffing out his pig in portland uh going around just kind of asking people where it is um and he kind of forms a bond with the 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 glamorous kind of gucci wearing lad he sells the truffles to who i think was a really good actor actually i thought his performance was so good for such a kind of stupid film I really liked him and I thought maybe at the start you see him and he's wearing all this flashy clothes, he's listening to classical music and I was like, oh, this character's going to be annoying. But he actually was pretty, he kind of was like a guy who's living this glamorous life but then you find out that his dad was a really successful truffle salesman and he's kind of emulating his dad and they have a bad relationship. And it was quite like a deep, good, I don't know, I thought it was quite genuine, your man, the truffle salesman. And then, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was good. It was kind of like... It was kind of stupid because Nicolas Cage is so stupid. Um, and also he was extremely dirty for the whole film. There's a bit at the start where he gets a cut on his head and it makes blood go all down his face and into his beard. And he just has blood caked on his face for the whole movie, which I'm like, oh, fucking, I really want him to wash his face. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know when a film's good, but you're like, okay, yeah. All right. That's all I have to say. Oh, a long one there for me. <laughs> Would you say people find it really like a chore to listen to my voice reviews? Quite no, odd. that's why they come back again and again. That's why they're here. Um, yeah, that movie was good. Like, uh, but it was fine. You know, can like, I just say uh, the metaphor of the year goes to uh, Mark Byrne for his metaphor of Nicolas Cage searching for his pig. Uh, in being similar to the way the pig in turn searches for his truffles, I thought that was a really beautiful piece of film criticism. Thank so, thank you. Gonna give yeah, that a ten I mean, out of ten. Came yeah, on you the just, fly. I just how did, did you, you? It just came to you. Just came to me. Just came to me. <laughs> um, it was good. It was funny because I watched that film, uh, Truffle Hunters. I can't remember if I actually reviewed it in the end, but a documentary. Did I? On the I think podcast? you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you did. About the old man looking for truffles. That was mm. great. And it was funny because those are the scenes in this, which is a very different movie, looked quite similar to Truffle Hunters. And it kept, made me keep thinking about it. And it kind of gave it a, an additional insight and context to the movie because you go to restaurants and there'd be scenes where they're selling them. And then I'd have like this more real world knowledge from watching this other truffles film like, oh that's gonna be a like he'd take out a big truffle and be like oh that's gonna be a pricey one so, but uh 
Yeah, I, I would say like this would be a good one to watch if you're just like don't really care about what you watch. Just watch okay, it on. stick it on. It's kind of hard to take Nicolas Cage serious. Is it dark or is it uh, heartwarming? I can't really get the vibe because the, the 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 film poster is Nicolas Cage looking fucking filthy. Kind of like looks like something like The Revenant or something, which is like really mm. intense. Is it like that or is it you know? Well, the thing is, he's filthy from the very beginning. He doesn't okay. get filthy over the course of the movie. Like, okay. the film opens and he's really, really dirty. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's it's funny because, like, it's not very deep in terms of where the pig goes. Okay. It's it's pretty straightforward. And uh, it's not even that hard for him to find it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's just, and the pig is also barely in it. Like, the pig's in it for, like, maybe five minutes at the start of the movie. Okay, so it's a bit of a, like, they, 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 the director used the pig in the same way Steven Spielberg used Jaws. Well... Like, the, Jaws isn't actually in the film much, but he has a strong presence. The pig. I'd say Jaws is in the film, like, a fair bit. Jaws actually is not in the film that often, though. When you, I think screen time is less than five minutes of Jaws. Whereas, so it's similar to the pig, I'd say. Mm, uh, no i mean jaws isn't in it but like he his presence is in it you know what i mean okay like, yeah you yeah. see his perspective and you see his fin and stuff okay 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 it's yeah, yeah. like the pig's nowhere to be seen for the whole thing <laughs> you don't get any pig point of view shots or pig tails or you'd have a little like <laughs> and they're like where is he <laughs> where is he he's I somewhere him. i hear him i hear him <laughs> Shh, be quiet i can hear him i can hear him. <laughs> uh, yeah it's kind of hard like it, it's funny did, did you look up who the actor was there to who I, I, so the... i have uh, yeah it, do you know who it is it's alex wolf yeah. uh who is of fame because he was in the naked brothers band on nickelodeon when he was younger do you remember that no he was he's like an iCarly disney kid oh he's wow like, he's okay. like a disney kid uh and he uh and he, I just like, obviously I just Googled him. I, you know the way they have like questions on Google. The first question is, is Alex Wolf traumatized? And then the next one is, what happened to Nat and Alex Wolf? And then the next one is, how did Hereditary affect Alex Wolf? So he was in, <sighs> he was in Hereditary and apparently it, it had a very big effect on him, that film. Uh, really, really she messed with his head. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> Just funny. The first question is, is he traumatized? Like he I didn't have any actual trauma. He just like filmed a movie and uh, was deeply affected by it. But you know the way the internet gets carried away with itself. Mm. Um, it, it's funny. It, uh, when I saw in the trailer for this movie, it says um, Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. And I wonder like <laughs> when they put that in, did they know that that's a bit of a joke or were they being serious? You know, like the people who made the trailer. Like... He 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 does have one, but yeah, like that's, that's not how we think of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> There's so many lines where he's just like, he just says like, "Give me back my pig" and stuff. Like he says that so often, really? and even him, he, it's hard to understand now. I'd be, I'd like to know what he thinks of himself. Like mm. this film isn't at any point, apart from I guess just the concept of. Just a pig as an animal, I guess, mm. is kind of funny. Um, but there's nothing outwardly supposed to be funny about it, I'd say, or yeah. silly. It's kind of a, a serious story with, with a bit of a quirkiness to it. Mm. But I wonder, it was Nicolas Cage, like, what does he think of 
his own career. Well, it's one of those first film sketches or uh, TV uh, internet sketches. Sorry, <laughs> I went through all of them. But one of the first yeah. internet sketches I saw was that great um, Nicolas Cage's agent. And it's just uh, Nicolas Cage on the phone and his agent just like listing off these fucking ridiculous films. And he just keeps saying yes to them. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, Nick, so this is a weird one. I, I mean, obviously I have to run a bayou first, but it's Cats in Space. And Nicolas Cage is like, yeah, sounds good. I'll do it. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure? It's like Cats in Space. He goes, no, no, sounds good. I'll do it. And then like, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. I think there's like, it's like Cats in Space 7. And he's like, Nick, I really think the whole Cats in Space thing is. He's like, no, no, it sounds good. I'll do that too. <laughs> just like so he just does, like true. there is a, like a concept that, uh, like an idea out there that he just does anything like he like he, he does anything which is kind of beautiful i mean like he i i'm a nicholas cage fan I, I i really like him i think he's so funny but like he's also ridiculous like he's very ridiculous mm. it's it was quite if you do like him i'd watch him in this it he has kind of a nice familiar um i quite like seeing him with his big beard kind of in his older age and you know he doesn't need to he doesn't even need to kind of try and do anything different anymore yeah. so in this his film is his his acting is very like um it's just quite nice to watch him on screen now okay okay because you know? like the last thing you could describe him as is understated he's like his whole thing is that he's like he gives he goes so hard in everything he does mm. um th- th- there's one bit where he gets quite sad about his pig and the acting's quite good, and it made me be like, oh, like I was really like, uh, near, nearly made me start welling up a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. This is, this is, uh, this is sad. But mm. yeah. I mean, Maybe we should give him a bit more credence as an actor. I feel like, because he's such a meme, like Nicholas Cage is such a meme. Uh, he's just mm. like this wacky guy. He's like, you know, he's done crazy performances. And like, if you just Google, or a YouTube uh, Nicholas Cage being crazy for three minutes. You'll have a really fun time watching him be crazy for three minutes and in yeah. performances like with like bees, no bees, or you know yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but he actually, I mean, like yeah, he must be quite a good actor. Maybe we should think of him a bit more like that. Um, have you, but yeah. have you seen have you seen the film that he won the Oscar for? I feel like maybe I've spoken about this in the podcast. Is it what did he win it for? Is it King of Comedy? Leaving Las Vegas. Oh yeah, like he's mental in that. That film is fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like, I don't know if he should have won an Oscar His for performance that. of that is, like, disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's, like. <laughs> it's so, like, I don't know if it's good acting if it's, or if it's just him, like, having a breakdown on yeah, the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. anyway, That's, anyway, like, yeah. you know, that pig, you know, watch it if you've got nothing else to do. If you're it's a big easy, Nick Cage fan, and, and we know they are there, and we know everyone likes them. In a kind of weird way that you like your odd uncle or something. Um, yeah. anyway, I believe we've a, a surprise now. We have a, we have a surprise film, and the way we're going to do this, uh, this is a new segment that may only appear once, but whatever. Mm. Uh, I am going to reveal one piece of information to Mark, and Mark has to try guess the film. If you can't guess it from that one piece of information, uh, then I will reveal another piece of information, and then another piece, and and so forth until he gets to it. Okay, um, so, so I can't lose. So the first, uh, well, no, because people will more pieces of information that are revealed. Okay, okay, let's go. All right. So, film was released in two thousand and thirteen. Nope. Next. 
Okay. Um, you watched this film in Paris. Gravity? Oh my God, he did it! <laughs> is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the third piece of information is, because I want to give it, is... Uh, when you when you saw this film, I remember you saying that's one of the best films I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you, that's, 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 that's what you said. That's what you said, and that's uh, and and I, I've since noticed he he says that quite a lot. Like you say that quite a lot when you see a film that's set in space. I mean, it's yeah. like a, it's a pretty common <laughs> thing to say. Um. <laughs> Yeah, gravity, fuck. Yeah. Well, I do remember seeing it in the cinema and being like, whoa, that was yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, so you watched it. You watched it, I assume, on a DVD, portable DVD player? No, but, uh, yeah, portable DVD player. Uh, <laughs> I, mm. I have a review. I don't know if you want to hear it. I'd love to. I'd love to. Okay, okay. All right. I'm going to send you a review now. It's a quick one as well, so it's not... Uh, I didn't send it into the chat because I didn't want you to listen to it. Uh, but there, oh, I just surprise. sent you my review of gravity. Um, Excellent. To let you know what I thought, because yeah, you'll hear what Had I you say. Never, you'd never seen it before. I'd never seen it. I mean, you'll hear why, but uh, yeah, right, I've never go. seen it. Okay. I just watched the film Gravity, the 2013 film, which you watched in Paris. I remember you went to see it and you came out of the cinema and you said you thought it was one of the best films you'd ever seen uh, with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. I never watched this film because I'm very scared of space, um, but in recent years I've kind of been facing my fears like watching horror movies and uh, being able to look up at the sky at night time, so I thought, you know what, I'll try to give this film a go. I actually found it on a list of 100 films under two hours, so it's actually surprisingly a short film, only runs at about an hour 36, and uh, I stuck it on and my god, it is just as good as you said it was incredible my only regret is that i couldn't see it in the cinema because i know that 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 film deserves to be seen on the big screen but wow it's so good the the drama of it this you know the the i don't know why we're all so scared of being drifting off in space because it's obviously not going to happen to any of us really but just that idea of being off in space and not being able to touch anything or clutch anything it's just so terrifying um but yeah, I mean, I guess everyone knows the story, but it's uh, people on a space module doing some work and then there's uh, uh, there's sort of a space incident and they end up drifting and they have to get to another location in space and all they have is their wits and some, uh, and some small materials. And it's an hour 36. It's very, very good. Sandra Bullock's brilliant. George Clooney's brilliant. And uh, yeah, great movie. And I'm glad I finally watched it. Ah... Uh. I liked Brilliant. it. Yeah, I oh, liked it. I was liked it a bit, lot. I, I haven't seen it since then. And that mm. was what, like, s- fuck. How do I, eight, nine years ago? Uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, I think. Yeah. That's be. fucked up. Yeah. I feel like I was just in Paris, like, a couple of years ago. I know, nine yeah. years. <laughs> That's dark. But yeah, yeah. When, I, when you told me I said it was one of the best ones I've ever seen, I was like, oh, it's going to be really bad, isn't it? No. But Yeah. It's good. Great. Yeah. It's really tense, isn't it? It's very tense and it it, it holds uh it holds up. I guess as, as I kind of said earlier that the the CGI is is has got like a couple years left. Like it really just like the way the spacesuits move. Uh, I mean it's so heavily uh CGI'd and uh yeah, like the 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 way the space suits move which is like obviously uh famously George Clooney and Sandra Bullock basically only their faces were used 
Oh my God. Um, and then like the rest of it was like, I don't know, body doubles or something. Um, and that was quite controversial at the time, especially for me as someone who's like a huge fan of Lord of the Rings and Andy Serkis and how he performs. And he's never been nominated for an Oscar. He's never uh, gotten like, I guess, the recognition that he probably deserves is for what he's done, like in, in acting. Whereas Sandra mm. Bullock and George Clooney both got Oscar nominations and all they were using was their face. Whereas, you know, arguably Andy Serkis uses his whole body and also his face. It's just used using CGI elements as well which i think i don't know i felt that kind of uh, that kind of was a bit of bullshit but anyway uh, <laughs> my lord of the rings qualms aside uh i thought they were both really good um and yeah like the cgi is, is it's not where it, it should be but what can you do like it was made in 2013 mm. but it was really yeah. good like the tension and the story and everything was great it was really good is there a bit like i know there's like there's something so scary i know what you said about floating off in space but that thing where like if you just get untethered the, mm. that you that's it like there's no saving you like, yeah yeah they, like that idea of just like even being an inch away from grabbing onto the onto the the spaceship is just it's death so that yeah, toast, idea yeah. of just like of dying and dying slowly like watching the the spaceship just slowly you just missed it and you're not like falling off the edge of a cliff and it's kind of like maybe adrenaline mm. kicks in you're actually just slowly floating off it's fucking terrifying it's almost what like I, almost like a horror movie you would you would the oxygen the lack of oxygen would kill you first i guess wouldn't it yeah i mean um there's what is that film lost in space where he 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 actually takes off his mask when he goes off floating because he doesn't want to he doesn't yeah, want to deal with the. He doesn't want to deal with the stress. Of, I mean, how long would you be? How long? How long would you say a space is? Probably only a couple of hours, and then that's it. I have no idea. I mean, I'd, I'd I, rather that than like in the film. It, I was surprised at how quickly their oxygen started running down. I was like, fucking hell, would they not have put a bit more oxygen into the suits? <laughs> but I suppose the movie's only an hour and a half or so long, so they probably needed some sort of, you know, things to like some sort of narrative or dramatic thing to happen so they were like oxygen they have only have like 15 minutes of oxygen or something because mm. it was like her oxygen started going down immediately in the film i was like fucking hell is Get, there a bit there's a bit where like some there's another there's like a chinese space station that mm. starts fucking up as well isn't it ah uh, there's like anything that can go wrong goes wrong it's yeah, fucking yeah. mayhem uh it's mayhem in space and um the, it's just like cemented where, my idea i do not want to go there Sandra Bullock starts barking like a dog as well, doesn't she? She does, She's yeah. Like, she starts barking like a dog. Um, the, ox- the oxygen depletion, like lack yeah. of oxygen to the yeah, brain. Yeah, she starts barking like a dog. It's, uh, it's Yeah, it's good. Alfonso Cuaron, good job. I think it won no. Best Picture, did it? I don't know, but it was great. What else did he make? He made oh, a he's, very hot picture. He's made, so, he's made uh, many... A few like, hot pictures. Yeah, quite. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Let's do it just for just for those at home. Um, I bet there's people there's people screaming at their iPhones at the moment. Uh, the lists of Alfonso Aroma, Cuaron's films. Roma, Roma, yeah, 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 Roma, yeah, yeah, big one. Oh yeah, he's great. Roma, Children of Men, amazing. Itumama Tambien. Oh my God, is he one of the best directors ever? They're all fucking class. Mm. All those movies Children are amazing. Children of Men, not the best. Oh, Children of Men is so good. It's so ah, good. Come on, love man. it. Love that ah, movie. Man. women can't have babies anymore (laughs) Clive Owen women can't have babies anymore the world has changed what's What's that other guy's name he's in Batman and I I don't know (laughs) Uh, he's in James Bond as well maybe Uh, 
Again, people a, screaming at their iPhones. He has a very distinct <laughs> voice. What's his name? Hello, Gillian. Oh, my, Mike Kane. Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Michael and he's Kane. like, I'm a hippie in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's a hippie in that film. But anyway, uh, Alfonso Cuarón, you're brilliant. I'm Gravity delighted. is wonderful. I was, uh, I was very, I felt very embarrassed when you said it. Because I, I remember there's a period of time when I thought Transformers was one of the best films I'd ever seen. And oh. uh, I thought it was going to be another one of those. No, nah, no. Nah. But uh, it wasn't. Thankfully yeah. now, as, as I said earlier, when we were talking about the body and mind maturing, Mm-hmm. Now I'm an intellectual and I appreciate only, <laughs> only good art. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Only good art. Um, anyway, I think that's, I think we've reached the, the, the end of the road and that and this will be the last ever MK Ultra film podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. We said all there is to say. Yeah, that's it really. Some, uh, <laughs> some are good, some are bad, but if it's an hour and a half long, give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> Our central idea. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you want to add the social? The social? Yeah, at MK Ultrafilm on the Instagram. Um, you can just DM Killian directly on his profile as well. <laughs> I will not get back. I'm terrible at getting back to those message requests. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. And um, schönes Wochenende. Schönes Wochenende, vielen Dank, uh, alle ihr Lieben. Und uh, ja, viel, viel, viel Glück mit dir. We'll be back in Woche. maybe two weeks. Viel Spaß tschüss. im Kino. Okay, tschüss, alles Liebe.